0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the midweek edition of the We Are podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Prugar, and let's dive into some storylines for this weekend's game against Iowa for the Nittany Lions. There's no new quarterback. Of course, the gamesmanship that Franklin and team deploy would tell you that we're not going to find out until the first series of the game for the Nittany Lions. Or really, when they announce the starters, uh, who who will actually be lining up, lining up behind the center um, on Saturday against Iowa, and that's no surprise. It's it's pretty common actually. He's Franklin quoting or or not quoting, but saying earlier this week that you know teams don't even put out depth charts anymore. So we'll find out soon enough on Saturday who the quarterback will be. Um, As I uh, I mentioned in in one of my earlier uh, articles this week, um, Will Levis deserves to start. Um, He did nothing to warrant Sean Clifford getting those reps back. Uh, He put the Nittany Lions in a position to come back uh, late in the game and and nearly pull off the the improbable comeback. So I think it's fair to say that Levis uh, should start, but whether that happens is to be determined and it's not really up to me. So... Levis gave the Nittany Lions the spark that they needed. Now he did miss some throws late in the game, uh, especially in the red zone, and I think there are a lot of opportunities there that come with uh, with the lack of repetitions with the starting group. You know, when you're running the second string offense, you're not you're not working with Jahan Dotson or Parker Washington or La- uh Lambert-Smith. So it's hard to get into that rhythm with those guys when you're just thrown in there um, on a whim like he was. So it It'll be very interesting to see what Franklin does. I think Levis gives them the better chance to win. Uh, and should they not win, <laughs> things or it'll be the first losing season in Happy Valley, uh, in quite some time, dating back uh, almost a dozen and more years. So, it it's gonna be crazy, because Penn State has has rarely been in a situation like this. Um, you look at. You know, the overall body of work is uh, Penn State as a program. Uh, the only time they were 0-5 uh, in conference play was 2003. Um, and, yeah, the the early 2000s were a really bad part of Penn State's football history from a performance end on the field. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see if that is um, an inspiration to Penn State as they come out ready uh to play against the Hawkeyes now like I said Clifford I think gives them a better chance to win um and and that's no knock against Sean Clifford it's just the team played better with Levis in there and you know maybe you get tired of having your quarterback turn the ball over and it lead to points um but you know they played an inspired bunch of football and I think that really speaks volumes to what Levis can bring to the table is he overall better than Clifford? I I'm not I'm not so sure, but we also haven't seen a big enough sample size. When you run him out there in um uh in sh- certain situations, you know, it's you, you just don't you don't see it. And, and and that's just one of those things and that's okay. Um but he's he's the one tasked with or potentially tasked with ending the winless season because if Penn State doesn't win here, they clinch a losing season, uh, as we mentioned, and you know, looking back, the last time they had a losing season was two thousand four. So, it, even with the sanction era, they went no no worse than seven and six, with a couple of eight and four seasons and a seven and five season. You know it. <laughs> it's. It's a true testament to the quality of of Penn State teams throughout that era. You know, for Bill O'Brien to come in here and not have a losing season with a depleted amount of scholarships, and then Franklin to to follow it up before ultimately turning things back, uh, turning things back around, going, you know, eleven and three, eleven and two, and, and being a perennial ten win team, with only this year will be the first first time he has not won um, at least seven games. So that speaks volumes, and it's going to be up to the quarterbacks to really get uh, really get that going, and I don't know that Clifford would be able to. Uh, he hasn't shown anything to me, and looking back at some film and some statistics from last year, uh, Clifford wasn't jumping off the paper. He wasn't wowing people back then. Penn State just had the playmakers at their disposal, to really make up for the lack of success that Clifford was having, you had Journey Brown in the backfield. You had Noah Kane in the backfield, healthy. You had an offensive line that seemed that was seemingly able to block, and you had KJ Hamler on the outside, and obviously Pat Frymuth. So, yeah, they had they had some weapons, and and now you have a youth movement at receiver with uh, Lambert Smith and Washington, as well as Dotson, who's a junior. Um, you still have Ferrari youth but gone is journey Brown gone is Noah Kane and I know we talk about that almost every week but but now you're not able to to turn those mistakes into you know into anything now they're not able to, to overcome that and defensively obviously they've struggled to it uh, at starting games so it, it's gonna take a, a full team effort you know uh, with with Penn State they can't turn the ball over and uh, Levis did a really good job of, of managing the game, and that at this point is is what they need more than anything, because Le- Clifford was just not able to to manage the game very well, uh, while, over the course of the first three and a half games that he played. So it'll be very interesting to see how they come out, what happens, um, and I, I think if they're in a position to receive the football, they need to take it and and march it down the field and. To stop Iowa, obviously, would be imperative. Uh, as Penn State really over the course of Franklin's tenure has not gotten off to good starts uh, defensively. Now, typically, that that's a result of scripted plays, and and then Penn State makes an adjustment, and and then is is okay. Now they played very well against Nebraska uh, in the second half, giving up only ninety five, ninety six yards of total offense and three points. The dagger, though, was was the Clifford fumble that was scooped and scored. And and that really was the, the turning point in the game. So it's going to be important for them to come out ready to go um, and, and ready to, to really overcome those early game struggles. And if they're able to keep it close, I think they have as good a chance as any against the Hawkeyes come Saturday. So to me, this is obviously every game now for Penn State is a must win. Um, I think it is very winnable um, against Iowa, but only time will tell. Now, in, my, in one of my multiple day jobs, I am an equipment manager for a high school uh, football team, uh Alten Area High School. So uniforms are, are intriguing to me. And when you think about uniforms, you think about the, the tr- traditional Blue Bloods, and how simple their jerseys are, whether it's Alabama and and their crimson uniforms, whether it's um, Notre Dame and their gold helmets, or whether it's Penn State and and just their basic blue jersey, white pants, black shoes, no names on the back of their jerseys. That's what you think of when when Penn State football comes to mind as far as a uniform goes. And on Saturday, uh, the Nittany Lions are going to go way out of their uh, element, and, and I mean that in jest because they've done this quite a few times and wear their Generations of Greatness jerseys. Um, they are Penn State's version of a throwback as they, as they involve a multitude of, of different eras in the jersey. Um, and I think it makes it a, a really cool tribute to the history of Penn State as a program because really there haven't been very many uniform changes since the fateful day where the... Where the black bled and the pink turned into white and the black bled into navy, creating the blue and white that we see uh, each Saturday on the field. So uh, let's talk about the the jersey just a little bit, what you're going to be able to see um, on the field. They're going to have numbers on the helmets uh, and those were worn from 1959 to 1961 and then again from 67 to 74. If you are, or if you're, I guess following. If you've been following Penn State since 2012, the Nittany Lions wore the number 42 on the side of their helmet to honor Michael Mouty, um, on in the season finale against Wisconsin, um, as he uh, had torn his ACL uh, earlier in that season. They also on the on the numbers front, you know, they're pretty basic as it as it goes. You look at it at like a stock jersey, you you see Penn State football. Um, but they're going back to the block football numbers. So those were worn in, 19, in the mid-1950s to 1966. And then they're going back to the trim on the sleeve. Penn State's uniform had a white stripe on the sleeve a multitude of times from 1957 to 66, 1982 to 1989, and 1992 to 2011 before they took the trim off and went really basic uh, as they added the names to the back of the jerseys. Um, The stripes, uh, there's a blue stripe running down the side of the pants, uh, which was uh, a staple on the jerseys during the Franco Harris era, 1952 to 1968. Um, They're wearing striped socks, um, just like they wore in uh, 1970 and 1972, uh, and a gray face mask that was worn from 1959 to 1986. But I think the biggest thing um, and the biggest difference that you'll see are the white shoes. They, they stand out like a sore thumb because you're so used to the basic blacks. Um, and they were worn once. Outside of the Generations of Greatness games, the white shoes were worn once uh, in the 1979 Sugar Bowl, uh, which was a loss to Alabama. And there is a funny story uh, looking back on it. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with Spider Caldwell, who w- was a former equipment manager for, for the Nittany Lions, and he told me a story of of how that happened, because Penn State, you would never envision wearing white shoes. And, you know, they had not been used, they had not been acclimated to playing indoors. It was the Sugar Dome, or Sugar Bowl, so they're playing in the, um, they're playing inside and on in in an indoor surface. And there was an Adidas rep that came up, gave him the indoor shoes, and, and Joe Paterno had sworn that he was never going to wear white shoes again. Uh, fast forward to 2017 when, when you get the, the first edition of the jersey, and the white shoes are there. And, you know, the, the players loved it uh, at the time, and it, it's really a, a, a neat touch um, to, a, to the throwback jersey, even though they wore it and it was in a loss for the, for the national title. Also, on the, right in the front of the collar of the jersey is a lion shrine, uh, which was um, something never on the, um, never on a jersey, but it's an original aspect of it as it was given as a gift uh, way back in 1940. And then um, it just it, it's a very cool touch and, a, and, and very cool element to uh, a set of jerseys. It's really iconic in plain um there's no really way to do it and and in speaking with with spider um it, it was funny somebody had asked Joe Paterno why he doesn't wear a lot of why he doesn't go for flash um he was like well you you already know who we are uh when we wear the jersey you know what who we are when we exit the tunnel so it it was it was subtle but sophisticated it was by design um they are playing by design, and I think that's really what what's made the the jersey iconic. You look at teams like Oregon um, that have ha- that have a hundred million different uniform combinations, and I know that's an exaggeration, and and it's cool. The kids love it. the The fans love it. it. It's an opportunity to make more money from a merchandising standpoint, but it's a really cool aspect when you can really involve the entire program and, and put it into. Uh, in, into one jersey, and I think that's what Penn State has gotten here. Um, so to see those jerseys on on Saturday, I think will be very neat. I think it'll be um a good opportunity to to kind of think back to to that history. Um, and I'm not sure if anything that they'll do inside the stadium with it, with there not being very many fans, but you know anything is possible at this point. So I think it's going to be very interesting, you know, will, will the jerseys help? Maybe. I mean, they're undefeated in the jerseys right now. Um, they they haven't won a game in the whites and they haven't won a game in the blues. So, I mean, you know, this is the one jersey that hasn't, hasn't had a loss. And, and maybe, maybe the jersey will be good luck. Maybe it will give them this, uh, like an opportunity to, to channel those inner ghosts of Beaver Stadium past and, and, and will themselves to victory, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. but, that will remain to be seen. Um, it, it should be a good game. You know, Iowa comes in um, with uh, a blowout win over Minnesota, who has seemingly forgot to play defense this year. Um, they've won big the last two games. They they blew out Michigan State. They blew out Minnesota. And they lost close to to Northwestern and Purdue. So I, Penn State-Iowa is always a tough game. Um, it's always, you know... A, a situation where they're they're gonna play each other close, no matter what the record is, um, and and it's gonna be interesting to see how it how it plays out because I think this is an opportunity for Penn State. Uh, for the last three or four weeks, their backs have been against the wall. You know, you look at it and probably weren't gonna beat Ohio State. Whatever the loss to Indiana still stings. Uh, they were just a couple inches short of of being one and three, um, and and really the the complexity of the season potentially being absolutely changed. So um, they'll, let, they'll need to come out ready to go. And, you know, looking back at, at some of the games uh, in this, um, in the matchups, they've all been close. Um, you look at 2019 uh, in, in Iowa City. They were, it was 17-12 Penn State. 2018 in State College, 30-24. to Um and then in 2017, 2119, uh, and and going back to 2016, you know, it was the only time. It was one of the, the few times I remember uh, Penn State blowing Iowa out of the water, winning 41 to 14. So it'll be it'll be a good game, no doubt. And and you know, maybe the jerseys will be this spark that Penn State needs. But until until Sunday, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. This has been Jared Pruger for the We Are podcast. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay safe.